teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Religious people, they'll argue with this, that it's God's will to heal all today. And I think a lot of it is just because there's not been much. Just solid teaching on what the Bible actually says, proving that it is God's will today, even today, to heal all of all sickness and all disease. Now, did I say all that all receive their healing? No, but it is God's will. You know, there's a Godward side and a manward side to everything. And so, but uh, here at church, we spend a lot of times on talk, t- time talking and preaching on, uh, you know, walking by faith. But, you know, faith is based on knowing that it is God's, something is God's will. And so I think sometimes we take for granted that people have the solid doctrinal foundation from the scriptures that proves that it is God's will for all to be healed. We'll, get, we'll go through many tonight. We can't get through all of them tonight. You might think this is an exaggeration, but we could preach on divine healing Sunday night, I mean Sunday morning, Wednesday night, from now until the end of the year, and we would just have gotten the subject started. You might think that's an exaggeration, but it's, it's not. You, you, you got to, before you argue with that, remember you're talking to a guy that preached healing almost every day for about 12 years in Kenneth Hagin's healing school. Not, not quite every day, because at the beginning we weren't that... that that we weren't teaching and preaching, but for, for quite a while we taught, we taught this. And so uh, there is more in the Bible than uh, you can shake a stick at about this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, right on the other hand, we'll, do, we'll, we'll cover some ground tonight. Now, for people that argue that it's God's will, the thing that after a while you come to, once you study the Scriptures and look at Jesus' earthly healing ministry and so forth and look at all the Bible says, you come to the fact that people that say it's not God's will to heal all today, you come to the fact that they just don't know Him. They just don't know His compassionate nature. They just don't know Him. And we understand we're all getting to know Him. Now, somebody said, are you saying they're not saved? No, you can know him in one area and be totally oblivious to him and who he is in another area. You know, I, I, I have the impression sometimes that I know some of you until I sit down and t- maybe we go out to eat or something and then we talk and we're like, we're like I didn't know that. You know, Pastor Debbie, the other day, Pastor Debbie told me a story of something that happened years ago in her life and I looked at her and I said, I've known you for all these years, and I didn't know that. So I was totally oblivious in that area. (laughs) Something she had, the experience she had. So um, she told me about breaking a bone one time in her, her, I don't remember what, how old were you when you broke that bone? Your leg or whatever? Fractured it. Your foot. Well, I never knew that. So God's the same way. You can know all about him in some areas, and in other areas, you don't know anything about him. So let's get into this. Would that be okay? So a careful study of, of the scriptures by any unprejudiced person, you know, will clearly uh, show that God's both, that Jesus is both the Savior and the healer of His people. You know what I mean? Amen. That it's always God's will to save and heal 
for anyone who comes to him by faith. You, you don't see any person coming to Jesus for healing. Now, now hear, this, hear, hear carefully the way I say it. You might challenge it in your mind. Well, I, think of, I can think of a person that, that wasn't healed. But wait, listen to the way I say it. You, don't, you can't find a single person in the Gospels that came to Jesus for healing and went away sick. There were people that he went to to try to minister healing to that he could not, like in his own hometown in, in Mark 6, 5. He could there do no mighty work. And there were people that he walked away from and left them sick, but not because it was not his will for them to be healed. You remember the man at the gate called Beautiful in Acts 3 that was healed. He was laid there, the Bible said, daily. And just 40 days, before, well, approximately, maybe a few extra days, before that, Jesus had walked right through that gate. And he was laid there daily. Well, then Jesus walked right by a sick man. So I didn't say, notice what I didn't say, that every person Jesus came in contact with was healed, or every person that Jesus tried to minister to was healed. I said, you don't have any record of anyone coming to receive healing. And went away sick. You don't have any record. So all who come today can receive healing. It is His will. Amen. We only have record of one man in the, in the Bible that attached the question of whether it was God's will to heal to his approach to Jesus to receive healing. It's in Mark 1, the leper came and he said, he kneeled down, he bowed down, he said, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus, who is no respecter of persons, and on top of that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus said to a man, one man in history that we have record of, I will. In other words, I am willing. I am willing. It is my will. Then he said, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy departed and he was healed. Well, yeah, but that was only that man. He is no respecter of persons. He is no respecter. And He is the same today. So if He's no respecter of persons and He is the same today, can I plead my case? Can, can we wrap the gavel and say, case closed? That's, that's really all you would need to know. But I'll give you proof after proof after proof after proof for, for any doubters in the room. Proof after proof. Now you might say, well, I'm, I'm pretty well established in this. Yeah, but there's a lot of folk you come in contact with that are not established in this. And so you need to help them get over, get over all the doubts and all the yeah, but what abouts that Satan throws up at them whenever they go, oh, so I sure would like to be healed. But the devil says, yeah, but, and starts going off down his little religious rabbit trail. The Bible says the devil has doctrines. The Bible talks about doctrines of devils. You ever read that? And there are some doctrines of devils in this area in the body of Christ and some traditions of men. Many, many, many. So we're going uh, to barbecue some sacred cows tonight. Praise the Lord. So get your fork and your napkin out because we're going we're gonna to have us a meal. 
But there's a lot of people who are, are always, you know, questioning whether it's God's will to heal all today, while at the same time, uh, they never take the time to study God's Word on the subject. They never study it closely along this line to see what God actually said. They always discuss religious discussions. Yeah, Dr. So-and-so said, and, and preacher so-and-so said, I don't really care what any person says. Faith is not built on Dr. So-and-so's sermon. or It's faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word. Amen. Many of these people seem to be, rather than going to the Word, which is God's will, God's Word is His will, rather than going to God's will, and which is God speaking to us today. Get a hold of those two statements. God's Word is His will, and it is God speaking to us today. But what many people are uh, endeavoring to do to settle the subject, to settle the question that arises, is it God's will to heal all today? They seem to be, rather than going to God's revealed will in His Word, waiting on some special revelation regarding the will of God that would come to them directly in prayer. You understand what I'm talking about? All the while, they're doing all that is in their power to use all natural means, including medical science, to get, to get out of God's will, as they say, that they be sick. Because some people, well, it's just not God's will to heal all. Okay, you're saying that it's His will for you to be sick. So how dare you go to a doctor to get out of God's, God the Almighty's will for you to be sick? How dare you be a hypocrite like that? How dare you rebel against Him teaching you something or building piety into your life by suffering sickness and disease? How dare you want to get out of that by going to the doctor? How dare you? You rebellious thing, you. Amen. So let's look at some of the evidences that it is God's will because people really have never really settled the subject because they've never gone to the Word of God. So let's go to the Word of God. Would that be all right? Uh, let's look at Isaiah 53. Now, I, li literally, uh, I could quickly run out of time on only one or two of these. So I'm, I'm preaching to individuals that I believe know at least to a degree what I'm referring to. But Isaiah 53 tells us plainly, verse 4, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the word griefs is translated in the Old Testament mostly sickness. And uh, carried our sorrows, many times translated diseases or pains. But we need to stream him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, that's our sin, bruised for our iniquities, that's our sin. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, that's uh, the torment of our mind. And, by, and with his stripes we are healed. With his stripes we are healed. Notice though, verse 4, it says that he bore our sicknesses and carried. Say bore, bore. and carried. Did you get it? And then you go on down uh, throughout this passage. 
He was afflicted, it says in verse number uh, 7, yet he opened not his mouth. Uh, the Bible says in verse 8, uh, at the end of the verse there, for the transgression of many was he stricken. Uh, that verse number 10, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. That's talking about sickness. Somebody said, well, see, there's God putting sickness on somebody. The only person in the whole Bible we have record of. And it was yours. It was substitutional. Substitutionary. Because he said up there in verse number four, he hath borne, what's that next word? Ours. It was not his, it was ours. He was not burying it, to, uh, burying it to identify with us in our sufferings. He was burying it substitutionally. What he took was ours. Hallelujah. He bore our sicknesses and carried our pains or diseases. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good news? And so uh, down there, at verse 10, he hath put him to sickness when he made his soul an offering for sin. Verse number 11, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Uh, and the, and how many of you know satisfied means enough? You, you eat Thanksgiving dinner and you eat three servings. Somebody said, here, have some more. And you said, no, I'm satisfied. So that's what it means by he, he was satisfied. God saw Jesus' substitutionary work for us and said, I'm satisfied with that. They need do nothing else except receive that substitutionary work for them to be healed. Satisfied. That's enough. That's enough. His payment was enough. Just like you say at Thanksgiving, that's enough. Don't, don't need any more turkey. Oh. He, he was satisfied. Look at verse number 12. He divided uh, the, with a portion with the great. He was uh, he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors. Now notice, notice verse, closely, verse 12. He bare, circles bare, the sin of many and made intercession for the transgression. Isn't that right? Can you say amen to that? The same Hebrew word translated there, bare, is the same, when it says he bore our sin in verse 12, is the same word translated in verse 4, bore. He has born, actually born is, born our griefs. So it is God's will for the human, human race to be healed today, for all to be healed today, because, amen, sin and sickness were dealt with at the same, same time. Both sin and sickness came into the world through the fall of the human race. Say out loud, it came into the world through the fall of the human race. Therefore, the cure for both sin and sickness came in at the same time because of the same reason. Therefore, the cure for both must of necessity be in the Savior of the human race. Amen. In the Bible, both the remission of sin and the healing of sicknesses is, is in the plan of redemption. Right. Somebody said, well, now, now you've got to prove that. I just did Isaiah 53. First right. Peter 2.24 picks this up because notice here it says in Isaiah, uh, by whose stripes we are healed in Isaiah 53.4. Amen. Uh, no, excuse me, verse number five actually says, by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says the same thing. We always quote, uh, uh, you know, by his stripes we were healed. Right. 
But the first part of the verse says, talks about him bearing our sin. Go back there. First Peter 2, 24. Sometimes we, we, we got to look at it because we, we, we quote just half of it so much that we forget that it's talking about the whole package deal all at the same time. Look here, and this is in 1 Peter 2, 24. It says, who his own self bear our sins, bear, bear, we read that in the Old Testament, he bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. He puts the uh, remission of sin and the healing of sickness and disease in the same redemptive package. Same. It all came at the same time. Since sin and sickness came into the world at the same time, in other words, in the fall of the human race, therefore the cure for both must both of necessity be found in the Savior of the human race. Does that make any sense to you? And all through the Bible, the healing of sickness goes right along with the forgiveness of sins. In Luke 5, Jesus forgave the man's sin and healed his sickness at the same time. We have in uh, Psalm 103, verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And listen, we could go on and on. There's, there's verses in Deuteronomy 23. There's verses in, in uh, many other places in Psalms. Uh, Isaiah, we just read Isaiah. Uh, and we could go on and on and on where sin and sickness was both uh, remedied at the same place through the redemptive work of the cross. So that means, that means the removal of our diseases is included in Christ's redemptive work along with the removal of our sin because He bore them both as our substitute both at the same time. That it must of necessity, just like it's the will for all to be saved because He bore ours. Ours, not just one or two or whoever it was the Lord's will. Ours does not have an exclusion on it. Ours is all-inclusive. All-inclusive. Oh, I'm already... I'm, 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 I can just feel it bubbling. I'm going to preach myself happy tonight. And so the removal of disease is included in redemptive work, the redemptive work of, of Christ along with the removal of our sin. The word uh, uh, bore there in Isaiah 53 implies substitution, not sympathy. It's substitution. You look it up and it, it definitely means that. Bore substitutionally. If Christ bore and carried both our sins and our sicknesses as our substitute, then we need not bear either one. Amen. That's number one. And I could take a whole series of three weeks and talk about that Sunday and Wednesday and cover all that. But uh, that's just a, if, if, the, if that doesn't get you to study and then you're not interested in this. But you ought to dig in. Somebody said, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, if you go, if, if, if you want to prove me wrong, get you in the Bible. <laughs> because that's what a lot of people's problem is. They're not going to the Bible. And they'll bring, they'll bring me verses and say, yeah, but, yeah, but we'll get to all those. You just, you just hold on. We'll get to all those. I hope, well, the, at the rate we're going, we're not going to get to very many of them. But. Okay, so number two, we know that God, it's God's will to heal all today because healing is, is in the types and shadows. 
And I'll just give you one, one Numbers uh, 21. There's many others. But Numbers 21, 8 is, is uh, referred to, and, and Jesus referred to it actually in John 3, 14 and 15. But in Numbers 21, 8, whoever looked on the pole, the serpent of brass on the pole, remember whenever serpents, uh, uh, Israel was complaining about God taking them out in the wilderness and to kill them. They, he wouldn't take them out there to kill them, but that's, their, that's, their, that's what the devil suggested to them. So they, they bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And so they're out there complaining because they were, uh, uh, you know, in the wilderness. And uh, it opened the door to the enemy, and serpents began to bite them. And the Bible said, they said, Lord, they went to Moses and said, we've sinned, we've sinned, we've sinned by complaining. See, he's just trying to get them out of, of Egypt into Canaan's land. You know, when God's trying to do you good sometimes, people are all, <laughs> he's just trying to bless you. Don't get so negative on everything. Thank you. Big news, God is for you, not against you. Trying to do you good. <laughs> like getting them out of Egypt into Canaan's land. But anyway, so they're complaining and they, they're starting to get bit by snakes. So they go repent and say, Moses, we've sinned. And so God said to Moses, okay, this is what you do. You lift up a serpent on the pole. Make a serpent of brass. You know, not a, not a real snake, but make a serpent out of brass and, and, and put it on the pole. And whoever looks shall live. Jesus in John 3, 14 and 15 quoted that saying, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, see, in other words, that's a type and shadow of me. That's a type and shadow of me. Even so, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoa. So that's only one. There are others where there's healing in the types and shadows. Um, and when it comes to this one, uh, those who were bitten by fiery serpents by looking on the serpent of bronze on the pole, which was the type of Jesus, they were healed. If healing is not in the covenant and healing is not in the work of redemption, then why was the type showing it? You see what I'm talking about? Now, why a serpent? If it represents Jesus, why a serpent? Because a serpent represents the curse. You know that from the book of Genesis. And Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Where did He redeem us? Whenever He walked the earth? No, whenever He hung on the cross. That's where redemption took place. Amen. And so He became our substitute on the cross. That's where our sin became, came upon Him. That's where our sicknesses came on Him. And Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from, the, from sin. Well, we know He's redeemed us from sin. But this verse says, the curse of the law. Well, we don't know what that is. Well, if you read your Bible, you know what that is. Go back to the Old Testament. What was the curse for breaking God's law? Deuteronomy 28 enumerates it verse after verse after verse. And it, and it mentions all kinds of diseases from top to the head to the bottom. And then finally it says also every sickness and every disease which is not mentioned in this book of the law, them will come upon you if you break God's law. Christ redeemed us from that curse, so He redeemed us from sickness and disease. So it's in the types because Jesus actually took our sicknesses as well as our sins. So that's why it was a snake and not a lamb or something like that. Because a lamb is a type of Jesus. But here's a, a serpent on a pole representing Jesus taking our curse. That's, that'll preach right there. The type of Christ could not be 
that it meant more to those Israelites than Christ means to us today. It cannot be that back then it meant their healing as well as their forgiveness because they said, we've sinned, we need to repent. And they had to look to Jesus, the type of Jesus on the cross. They got forgiveness and healing by looking to the type. Could it be that there's more power in a type than the fulfillment of the type? A thousand times, a thousand, no. I plead my case. I'm like a lawyer up here tonight, pleading my case. There cannot be more power in the type than the fulfillment of the type because the type was pointing towards the fulfillment. Praise God. Back then they had a promissory note. They just looked forward to Jesus coming on the cross. Today, that's why it says, by His stripes we are healed in Isaiah. And then 1 Peter it says, were. Because today, our healing is past tense. It happened back there on the cross. Hallelujah. Praise God. Surely today, through the type, I mean, uh, through the fulfillment of the type, that there is more power than what they had back there just looking forward to what Jesus was going to come and do. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you can't have more blessing uh, under a better covenant established upon better promises than you can an old covenant which God did away with. Okay? Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. The next one. And we could go on and on on that one. But there's enough faith just in what I already said to jump up out of your seat healed. Number three, sickness is revealed as coming in the New Testament. Sickness is revealed as coming directly from Satan. Actually, in the New and the Old Testament, to be honest. Why do I say Old Testament? Because in the Old Testament, in Job 42, 10 through 12, the Bible says Satan went out and, and put those boils on Job. Isn't that what it says? So we see then that that's Old Testament as well as New Testament. But Jesus was manifest. And we'll give you some more scriptures in the New Testament in a moment. But go to 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8 is uh, the verse that uh, will bring this one all together. As well as many others. You realize we're just hitting the high spots. We're just cutting the tops off all these religious cows, you know cut the head off of them, they'll die, you know. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8. It says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. Why did Jesus come down here? That, and it gives us the answer. If you've got a Bible question, get, get the answer out of the Bible. Don't go to Dr. So-and-so and church so-and-so and see what their doctrine is. Or this is how I got it figured out. No, it's not what, the Bi- what, you, what you got figured out. It's what the Bible actually says. Okay, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that He might destroy the one work of sin of the devil. Well, no, wait a minute. That's what He said. He's talking about sin up there. Isn't that what He said? Yeah, He was talking about sin. But when He got to the, what the devil's works are, He made them plural. Because there's more than one thing that the, sev- the devil pushes down here. He's peddling more than one thing. He doesn't just come up to you and say, I got some sin for you. No, he comes, sin, sickness, 
torment of mine, poverty, oppression. He, he got a whole bag of goods he wants. He's trying to unload them on you. Works, 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 works. Plural. Plural. Look at your neighbor and say, works. That's plural. There's more than one thing he's peddling. Isn't that right? Jesus was manifested to destroy all the works of the devil. Sickness is part. The Bible, let, let, let's not say it the way I was going to say it. I was going to say sickness is part of the works of the devil. The Bible says, Jesus said, as well as the Bible. Of course, Jesus is the living word, you know, but, so he's going to agree with the Bible. But the, the, the Bible and Jesus said that Satan was the one putting sickness on people. Isn't that right? And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Remember Jesus said, I came down here to do the will of my Father. So if he came down here to do the will of the Father and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, then healing was God's will because he wouldn't have been healing if, he hadn't, if it wasn't God's will because he came to do the will of the Father. So it has to be God's will. And he never turned away one person from being healed. So it's God's will for all. Settled. Case closed. So he said, uh, Jesus' earthly ministry always treated sin as well as disease as the works of the devil. And he healed them all. Some, some wouldn't receive it, but anyone who would receive it, you understand. So if he was destroyed to do, uh, excuse me, not destroyed. If he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, then that means he doesn't want anyone sick. He doesn't want sickness to continue in anyone's physical body. By the way, we're part of Him. We're members of His body. Isn't that right? Does He want Himself sick? It's His will. That's, they're saying, what people are saying is He wants, some, he wants Himself to be sick because we are part of Him. He's the head. We're members of the body. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And you're saying He wants part of His body sick because that's saying He wants Himself sick. How could He want you sick whenever He took your sicknesses and diseases? All right, so let's look at some of these verses. Y'all still out there? In Luke 13, 16, Jesus declared that the woman bowed over with the spirit of infirmity. Uh, she, he said, Satan hath bound and she, uh, she, with the spirit of infirmity, and she ought to be loose because it was the Sabbath day. Because it was the Sabbath. Sabbath was a type of the day of, the day of grace today is what it was a type of. And we're living in that. That's why he healed so much on the Sabbath, because it was such a type of what we're living in today. The Sabbath today is not a day, it's a way of life. Amen. Resting in the finished work. The Sabbath, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. We today live in a Sabbath rest of faith in the finished work of Christ. Not working to earn it, but we're resting in the work that he already did for us. And he said, this woman ought to be loose from this bound, this bondage whom Satan hath bound. Luke 13, 16. Matthew 12, 20, 22. The devil possessed a man and caused him to be both blind and dumb. And when the devil was cast out, then he could see and talk. That's Luke 12, 22. So that's, that's Satan affecting that sickness and disease. Did I say Luke? I meant Matthew. 
I think I said Luke, excuse me, Matthew 12, 22. Then Mark 9, 17 through 27, a demon was causing a boy to be deaf and dumb and also causing him to have convulsions and go into the fire and go into the water. You know, we're familiar with this story. And uh, when the demon was cast out, the boy was healed. So that, sick, that sickness was being afflicted by an evil spirit. Now, not all that are sick are sick because there is an evil spirit personally present. Some are sick just because of the fall when Adam fell. Not because a demon personal present. But sickness and disease can be because of a demon personal present directly or indirectly, although he's not in a person's body. Just the curse that's on the earth, which Satan brought in. You remember that back in Genesis. Am I making any sense? Then Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by God, for God was with him. No, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Sickness was called satanic oppression. Am I making any sense? So that's another reason that it is God's will for all to be healed today because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and one of those works is sickness and disease. Number four. We know it's God's will to both save and heal today because the same Greek word translated saved is translated heal all through the New Testament. <laughs> so how can it be God's will to sozo from sin, but the same word is translated sozo, S-O-Z-O, is translated heal. If it's all the same thing in God's mind, how can, because we know it's God's will that all be saved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Not many people fuss, there are a few people who fuss about that, but not many. You know, he's not, the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In other words, that means it's his will for all to be saved. Sozo. So, whenever you, anytime you find the word sozo, you know that's God's will. Amen. Amen. That's good. And in Mark, I mean, in uh, James 5, they ain't sick among you. Let, them, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anoint with all in the name of the Lord. Prayer of faith shall save. King James says save the sick. That's we, from the context. We know he's talking about physical disease. And it's the Greek word sozo. And that's, that's true all through the, the gospels and the epistles and so forth and so on. And so uh, that's evidence that it is God's will to heal just like it's God's will to save. And we could go on and on on that, but... The next one, number five, the ministry of healing was included in the Great Commission and the Great Commission has never been called back. Let's go to the book of Mark. Let's see what the Great Commission was. Well, we could go to Mark, Luke, and then Matthew. And then we could take, again, we could take a whole lot of time, but let's just look at one of the accounts, Mark 16. I think we've already proven it, but, but we could go on tonight until midnight. I got more notes than I, I can get out tonight. But Mark 16, go, verse number 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We call that the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Paul did that. And we're going to read a few, few more verses here. Let's just read some more verses. Verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. This is part of the Great Commission. He said this would follow preaching the gospel. They would cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. 
That doesn't mean on purpose. That's just talking about accidentally. The Bible tells us not to tempt God, you know. They shall speak with new... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I like that one. I missed that. <laughs> speak with new tongue. Verse 18. They talk, uh, take up service and to drink anything. Deadly thing, deadly thing will not hurt them. It shall uh, not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Divine healing was a part of the Great Commission. And have you ever found any place in the Bible where that's been canceled? Okay, no longer need to go into all the world and preach the gospel. No, it's not been canceled. And so, if the, divine, the Great Commission stands or falls, it stands or falls altogether. I said it stands or falls altogether. Amen. Amen. Now let's think about some things. And I got more verses than I can go to. You can write down verses if you want to. I, if people want proof, they can look at all these references. Whenever Jesus... Any, th- 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 let me back up and say it this way. Jesus never commissioned anyone to preach the gospel when He walked the earth without including healing in that commission. Uh, the ministry of healing to the sick was a part of it every single time. He said in Luke 10, 8 and 9, Whatever city you enter in, heal the sick that are there. Luke 10, 8 and 9. That command still applies to us in gospel ministry today. Every time he sent somebody out, he said that. The original 12 in Luke 9, 1 through 2, he sent them out. And the original 12, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness. Luke 9. Then when he sent the 70 out, Luke 10, 1, 9, and 19, he gave them power to heal the sick and commissioned them to heal the sick. Then in Mark 16, 17, we just read it, he gave all those who are commissioned to go and preach the gospel uh, the assignment to to, uh, heal the sick. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's a commission. That's part of that commission. Isn't that right? Jesus in John 14, 12 declared that He would continue the same work through believers after He went to be with the Father. He said, the works that I do shall they do also because I go to my Father. I'm going to go to the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and the works, uh, works, uh, works of Jesus, which included divine healing, would continue through His disciples as they go preaching and teaching. And that doesn't, mean stand, that doesn't just automatically equal standing behind a pulpit. That means all of us. The Great Commission is not just sent to preachers. It's sent to the body of Christ. Across your desk at work. Telling people about Jesus. That's part of the Great Commission. Hallelujah. And so it's assigned to all of us. Praise the Lord. And he declared that it would continue. All these works that he did, the works that I do shall you do also in greater works than these. Certainly that would include in quantity. I don't know that you can do greater things in quality, but in quantity. Amen. Okay, so, and then in Jesus, when it was committed to the ministry of the elders of the church in John 5, 14, saying, sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. They're, they're supposed to pray for the sick. And he said, the prayer of faith. So so they're supposed to pray the prayer of faith, not the prayer if it be thy will. The prayer of faith is believe you receive when you pray. 
That's the prayer of faith. Now, I, now that's a whole other series of sermons right there. But, but then in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it was, uh, it was uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ today would include the gifts of healings. Amen. It would include that. And so, and so yeah, yeah, the Holy Spirit hasn't been taken out of the earth today. Amen. Hey. Case closed. Let's talk about some of the traditions people bring up. What are the arguments people have? And, and we could go on and on on proving that it's God's will. There's so many other reasons we could say it. But, but let's talk about some of the traditions. People argue today uh, about God's will to heal today because of certain traditions. And Jesus said that the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. Isn't that what he said? That's Mark 7, 13. So a lot of human ideas and theories in the, in the church world today and religious theories. And the devil will help you. He'll bring up all kinds of things to try to hinder people's faith because he's trying to hinder this sign of the power of God and, so, and keep people from receiving it. So let's address some of them and look at some of these common traditions uh, and see what the Word of God really says about them. All right? So here's one. First of all, people just have the tradition that, and, and where they get this. I, I, I guess they just got it out between their ears because it didn't come out of the Bible. First, it's just a simple tradition uh, that uh, they don't believe it's God's will to heal all today. That's a tradition. But the Bible settled that by that man in Mark 1 that I said, the leper that came to Jesus. That was settled once and for all in that case. Amen. He's the only person that ever came asking that question. And Jesus answered it. You think he changed today? You think he's, he's, he, he was good, but he's not that good today? No. Besides, if Jesus is not compassionate on all who come to him for healing, and it's his will for, if it's not his will for all to be healed today, and we ourselves will take all and any to the doctor, Uh, do we have more compassion than our Lord and Savior? Do we love people more than He does? A thousand times no. Not possible. Not possible. I said not possible. Can you see it? Let that sink in. You'll go down, the, I remember one time years ago in Tulsa, we were, it was a pouring down rainstorm, like we say raining cats and dogs. This particular time did rain a dog out of heaven, I guess. I don't know what was going on. Because it was rain and like crazy. I mean the kind of rain where at the side of the street there's a stream going down there that thick, you know, trying to get out the, you know, the drains and everything. And uh, I mean raining cats and dogs, and we're driving slow, of course, because it's raining so hard. And besides that, you can't see very far. But we come up upon and you look over, and there's a little puppy dog along the side of the road splashing through the water, just as drenched and wet as you can get in a rainstorm, all the way to the skin. And so we're driving past him because it's too rainy to get out and do anything. I'm driving past him, and Pastor David's like, ah, ah, stop, stop, he's in distress, we got to help him. That's not even a human being when we almost wrecked the car to catch the... You know what I'm talking about? Because we have compassion on hurting animals. 
Jesus used that as, as an illustration. He said, well, they, they said, well, you know, it's the wrong day to be healed. Go heal, go heal, heal, heal some other day. And he said, well, if you have a, an oxen that falls into a ditch on the yes. Sabbath day, you love it enough to get it out on the Sabbath day. Why not a hurting human? He used that illustration one time in Mark 3, and the Bible says in one translation, he looked around angry because of their indifference to human need. Because they said, this isn't the right day to be healed. He got mad. He said, y'all are so insensitive to hurting humanity. And then he said, you'll, you'll help an animal out of distress on... I mean, what if, what if you, I've used this illustration before, but it'll bear repeating right here and right now. What if I'm your neighbor and you are going on vacation for a week and you say, we're going on vacation, you know, we're in good relationship, you trust us and everything. And we're going to, we got this, you know, our dog, he needs fed and everything. And could you feed him, take care of him, sort of watch, he'll be fine if you just kind of feed him and watch out for him while we're gone, you know. And uh, you got him on one of those slide chains, you know, that. He's chained to a long cable. You ever seen that kind of thing? And you say, the only thing you need to watch out for is every now and then he gets tangled up in that, you know, chain. And he can, he can, he can sort of get in trouble, you know. So if you watch out for that and feed him, he'll be fine. So let's say you're out for a week and you, uh, but, and we're feeding him. And so here he is and we're feeding him morning and evening, whatever. And uh, one evening I come home to feed him and here he is tied up in his chain, all choked up, you know. I can't hardly breathe. And, and so I just, I just, uh. Don't do anything to help him and feed him the next morning, but I don't get him out of his chain and everything. And, and you come home and your dog's dead. And you say, whoa, whoa, whoa what happened? Did you, didn't you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Well, well, why didn't you do something about it? Well, I wasn't sure if it was God's will. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's not going to sit well. You don't even think that way no. when an animal's in distress. No. Why do you think that way when a human... Who is much more valuable yeah, than more. the birds? Yes, come on. Jesus made that illustration in Matthew 6. Yes, is sick. Yes, yeah. Well, Lord, if it be thy will, you fool you. Thank you. Yes. You silly fool you. You don't know him. Am I preaching all right? Well, they just don't believe it's God's will. <laughs> but Jesus settled that once and for all when the leper came to it. Yeah. I, will. Yeah. I will. I will. I will. Amen. The only person in the entire Bible that asked that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now in James 5, 14, 15, is any sick among you? Not just the ones that it's his will. Any sick among you, let him call and they'll pray and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. That promise is including you if you are sick. Amen. Amen. If sickness is not the will of God, then every physician in the eyes of God is a lawbreaker. Every trained nurse, amen, is defying the Almighty. And every hospital is a house of rebellion instead of a house of mercy. We call them houses of mercy. But if it's not God's will for all of them to be well, then that's not mercy. That's rebellion against God. That doesn't even compute. That doesn't even... Thank God for doctors. Amen. Amen. If it's not God's will for all to be healed, then why does the Scripture say, by His stripes we were healed? 
Amen. Declares it to be God's will. Isn't that right? Jesus never has changed. All right. So here's another thing. Uh, the fact that all are not healed. People will argue this. I'm talking about these traditions now. People say, well, the fact that uh, all are not healed today is proof that it's not God's will to heal all today. You know, we prayed and He wasn't healed, so that must prove it's not God's will. Well, let's go to Mark 9. Let's look at something here. Yeah, we need to barbecue this one. You realize I'm just skimming the top of all this? We could go so deep into all this, but we're just hitting the high spots. Go prove me wrong. If I, if I send you to your Bible to prove me wrong, I've accomplished something tonight. Look at Mark 9. This is the account where the man, the, uh, the man brought his son to be healed. And, uh, and uh, the Bible said here, we brought, let's, let's see here, I'm trying to save some time. Uh, one of the, verse, verse number 17 because whenever Jesus came down off the mountain, they all ran to Jesus. And one of the multitude answered and said, because they were, uh, uh, they were questioning some things with the disciples while Jesus was gone. And there in verse 16 it says, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son with hatch a dumb spirit, and whatsoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth with his, and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, in other words, while you were up on the mountain, I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now that was his words. Jesus proved he could have. They could have, but he could not. The disciples could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw... And let, me, let me paraphrase. Down in verse number, uh, uh, verse number 25, Jesus saw the people running together and he said, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. He rebuked it, you know. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him and, and uh, insomuch he was dead and so forth and so on. This is the account where it was throwing him into the water. He was deaf and couldn't speak. Okay, so the man, look here. Look at this. The fact that the disciples ministered to him and he was not healed, did that prove that it was not God's will for him to be healed? No, Jesus proved the opposite. That all along, in spite of someone's failure, to either minister it or receive it, it was still God's will. Huh? Did the failure of the young boy to receive his healing prove that it was not God's will? No, a thousand times no. Then the failure of some today to receive their healing does not prove that it is not God's will for them to be well. It does not prove the will of God. It proves their unbelief. Amen. Amen. Jesus proved it by going ahead and healing the boy. Isn't that right? Amen. Proving that all along it was God's will to heal. Isn't that right? Amen. The failure, uh, like I said at the beginning of the service, the failure to receive a Bible experience does not prove the Bible wrong. It does not disprove the Bible. Well, that's a tradition. Well, we prayed and it didn't happen, so it must not have been God's will. That doesn't prove anything other than maybe you don't know what you're doing. Either the one praying or the one receiving. I know it's strong, but let's look at another. Here's another tradition. Well, we can glorify God more by being patient in our sickness and by bearing our, our patient in our sickness than we can by being healed. 
Well, if sickness, amen, are you still out there? Is God's will, then if we get more glory to God in sickness and disease than in healing, then any attempt to get well by natural or divine means would be an effort to rob God of glory. That we should, we should not want to receive our healing. Amen. We should want to be sick if it glorifies God. If sickness glorifies God, then Jesus did a wonderful job of robbing His Father of all the glory that He could possibly have received by healing all the sick people that He healed. And the Holy Spirit continues the work today of robbing the Father of much glory by continuing to anoint men to minister healing to the sick today. Are you still out there? 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, We are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. <laughs> He's talking about this price that was paid for our redemption. We're bought with a price. Therefore, therefore, because we're bought with a price, we're to glorify God in our spirit and in our body. We do not glorify God in our spirits by remaining in sin, and we do not glorify God in our bodies by remaining in sickness. I'm not, I think the nail's getting clenched on the other side of the board. Then here's another one, another tradition. While God heals some all right, okay, 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 God does heal some all right, but it's not His will to heal all. But the fact that God came, or Jesus came to do the will of His Father, and since He bore our diseases, that means all of them, it must be God's will for all to be well. Jesus wouldn't have substituted Himself for all of our diseases if it wasn't God's will for all to be well. What people are saying by this, whether people know it or not, but by making these statements, they're implying that in order to find out who those few chosen ones are, that it's His will to be healed, we must get a special revelation that God has favored someone in His will to heal them before they seek healing. That means that faith doesn't come by hearing the Word of God alone. These people are saying, we don't know the will of God by reading the Word. We can only know it by, you know, we pray and they didn't get it, so I guess it's not God's will. They're basically saying, we don't know the will by the Word, we know the will by our experience. Huh? That means we have to pray until He speaks to us directly about each case in particular before we ask for healing. We're not to consider God's Word speaking to us personally about the subject. That we should close our Bibles and pray for some direct revelation. Hello, from God to know whether it's God's will in this case or not. That's heresy, my friends. Whether they want to admit it or not, it's heresy. Since it is written, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the the Word of God, then the best way to build faith in your heart is to hear God's written Word. Amen about redemption from sickness and disease. Faith for healing doesn't come by private revelation. It comes by the knowing the general will of God for all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm out of time. I don't know if you're having any fun or not, but I'm... 
What about the people that say, well, you know, God heals today, but, you know, it's, it's not divine healing like we see in the Bible out there, but back there. But today, you know, he, he heals, but it's doing it through the doctors. So that's really where God's healing is taking place today. Well, let's ask this question. Can I, can I challenge you on that? That would mean he requires us to use a less successful method today during a better dispensation. Because in Jesus' ministry, divine healing, uh, uh, Jesus' divine power healed all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Mark 4, 23 and Mark 10, verse 1. All manner, every kind, all kinds. You're following me. Divine power healed all diseases. But in this day, medical science cannot heal all diseases. There's, there's incurable diseases. Huh? And so, God today is requiring us to live below something that was better. In other words, we used, it used to be better, but it's worse today. God's changed, you know. Huh? Because he's asking us to do a worse me- method. Which, by the way, cost you thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Of and Jesus never charged anybody. Doesn't sound better to me. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Can I just finish? I've only got just a couple more points. Let's go to another one. One of the most common traditions, this is an old, worn-out statement. That the age of miracles is past. <clears throat> For that to be true, Jesus would have to have changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Didn't the Bible say that? Isn't that what the Bible said? <laughs> and besides that, Jesus and the Great Commission sent him out into all the world to preach the gospel. Remember, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. You know, some translations say nation. And do it until the end of the world. If you look up the word world, it's the end of the age. So the Great Commission is not over. Therefore, included in the Great Commission is divine healing and other signs and wonders. So therefore, since the Great Commission is until the end of the age and included in that Great Commission is signs and wonders, including divine healing, then the age of miracles is not over. It has not passed. Not any single part of, of Jesus' commission to us in the Great Commission has been withdrawn or canceled. Not any single part of it. Am I making any sense? It stands or falls on its own. Amen? In the Great Commission, we're called to go, pro, go preach to all who believe, and all that would believe in what we preach would be saved. Isn't that what it says? And He also promised believers would lay hands on the sick and the sick would recover. They that believe would do this. And so healing and, and forgiveness was included in the Great Commission for believers for today, as long as Jesus' commission is in effect. Isn't that right? The unsaved can be saved and the sick can be healed physically by believing the gospel. 
Paul in, uh, in uh, Acts 14 went down to Lystra. There in verse 6, 7, 8, down, down through the way down to Lystra. And there he preached the gospel. And there sat a man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, never had walked, crippled, never had walked. And the same heard Paul preach, speak, speak, which was, we know he's preaching the gospel. And he, Paul looked at him and perceived he had faith to be healed. This man got faith out of Paul's gospel to be healed. What many preach today and call the gospel, nobody gets faith to be healed out of it. Some don't even preach enough of the gospel if anybody gets saved. You know, it's just, just hold out and hope you're saved. You know, do good works, be a good person or something. You know what I'm talking about. But Paul's gospel had enough faith in it to get people not only saved, but healed. Hallelujah. And, that, and this gospel, Jesus said, this gospel... Not some watered-down version of it. This gospel shall be preached in all the world and until the end of the age. And then the end will come. Praise the Lord. Am I making any sense? I think it's all case closed. You get, I think we got the nail clinched on the other side of the board. Here's a couple more evidences. I'm almost done. It, it won't take long. Romans 8, 11. The spirit that is in us quickens our mortal body. That's what the Bible said. Then Mark 5.30, Jesus said, Your faith made you whole. Said to one person, he actually said it over and over and over and over again to people. But he said to the one with issue of blood, Your faith has made you whole. If her faith made her whole and healing's been done away with, then faith would have to be done away with. But you've never heard anybody say faith has been done away with. Huh? Ask yourself the question. Has anybody said faith's been done away with? Nope. Why? Because it's not and they all know it. We still receive from God by faith. Yes, sir, that's right. So if her faith made her whole, your faith will make you whole. And if faith's not done away with, it'll still do today what it did back then. Yes, Here's another evidence, 3 John 2. He inspired John to write, I wish above all things you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That means God wants you to have a healthy body. He wouldn't have said it. He wouldn't have inspired John to write it if it wasn't his will. Hallelujah. Here's another evidence. Bodily healing in the New Testament is often called mercy. Remember the blind Bartimaeus, have mercy on me. And over and over it says, have compassion on us and heal us. The word compassion and mercy translated out of the same Greek word. And so they cry, it was called a mercy. Amen. And that's what moved Jesus to heal. The Bible says that his tender mercies are over all his works. Psalm 145 verse number 9. Mercies, plural, are over all His works. That means all His creation. Are you part of His creation? You're more than that just by, the nat by being natural. You're, you're that by the new creation. And His tender mercies are over you. And healing is a mercy. Besides that, the Bible declares that His mercies are new every morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. That includes this morning. So healing is for you today because His mercies are new every morning and they're over all His works. All His works. I did it. I, 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 I got it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's all in the Word. It's all in the Word. It's all in the Word. In the word. So if you need healing, you could just jump up and get it. It's His will. Just, and so, what do we know from all this? All you got to do is receive because it is His will. 
It is His will. Hallelujah. Take these, these truths to people that... There are, there are some sincere people that just don't know these things. There are religious people that always fight for their right to be sick. That's always, that's always a morbid thing to me. Why would you fight for your right to be sick? You know, it's, it's a morbid, weird twist. How, how do you get twisted like that? You need help, and, that, and, and the devil will give you plenty of that. But, but, but help these people that are genuinely sincere. They just don't know. And give these things to them and help them to get over into the place they accept that it is God's will. Hallelujah. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Not just where His power is, is, is uh, known, but His will. Because you might know someone has the power to do something for you, like, like pay off a bill or something, but if you don't know their character or their willingness, you have no confidence. Make, you know what I'm saying? That they will. So it's not enough just to believe they can you have to believe in their, you have to know their nature and their will in the matter. Well, same thing true with God. You have to know His will in the matter. And that's where faith begins. Hallelujah. Would you stand up and shout with me? I'm just... Glory to God. Glory. Father, we worship You. We worship You. We worship You. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the problem... The problem with believing it's God's will to heal, heal some and not others is that then you got to get outside the Word somehow and find out who those people are that it is. And you know what the devil does. He tells you, you're not one of the lucky ones. You know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, as soon as people hear it's not God's will to heal, heal all, the devil jumps on people's shoulders and says, and you're not one of the ones that it is his will. And so there's no way to build faith preaching that. That's right. yeah. I've had people argue with me and say, well, we just don't have any healing in our church. So we, we, I don't know why you preach healing in here. I say, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. It must not be because that, that healing takes place in our church because God wills to do it here and not in your church. We believe it is His will, and we pray the prayer of faith, and we get it. You believe it's not His will for all to be healed, and you don't pray the prayer of faith. You pray that if it be thy will, and nobody gets it. So it must, need be, must, not, must not be based on His will. It must be based on what people believe. Because we believe it and get it, and you don't believe it and don't get it. Huh? Now, I know that makes... That's that, you know, for some people, that's fighting words. I'm not trying to fight. I'm trying to just simply bring people to the, to the realization of it's your faith that makes you whole. Once you get this settled, once you get all these, yeah, but what about Paul's thorn, which we didn't even get to tonight. Exactly. Yeah, but what about Trophimus, have I let at my lead him sick? Yeah, but what about Job's boils? And yeah, but, you know, you go all over the world, all the way back into the bush, where they've only heard one missionary come through, way back in Australia, Africa, Asia, anywhere. You talk about divine healing, somebody will say, yeah, but what about Paul's thorn? The devil made sure Paul's thorn, 
Job's boils and all these other things yeah. went around the world, yeah. but he made sure nobody heard about Jesus' yeah. stripes. Yeah, come on. Come on, his stripes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So we got we to gotta explain that too. So maybe we can get to that. We'll see how this series goes. We need to talk about Job's boils and Paul's thorns and everything. Thorn, thorn. And, and just see what the Bible actually said because it's amazing how you can read it. It's like, that's, I, that's not what, what I was told is not what that says. But you have to get rid of all that because the Lord said to me one time, yeah, but what abouts are doubts. And you got to get the doubts out. You got to get the doubts out. And that's what we're doing. We're getting the doubts out. So that you come boldly to your Father at the throne of grace, say, I come to receive mine now. Come to receive mine now. And, and you won't get a wait a while uh, or, a, or a no. It's not my, if, if the Word reveals the word will of God to be yes and amen, all the promises of God are yes and amen, then the answer is always yes and amen. Not wait, not, not uh, you know, no or something like that, or maybe or all these things. I've read the New Testament and the whole Bible for a long time. I've never found the verse that says sometimes God says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says maybe, sometimes He says wait a while. That's in First Theories 2.1. First or Second Opinions 3.7 or something like that. Amen. It's in the reverse standard version or something like that. I did it. Give God a shout tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo. Glory. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll tell you what some of you need to do. You just need to reach up and say, I'll take mine right now. Yeah, just reach up. And laying on a hands is scriptural, but you don't have to have hands laid on you. I reach up. I take mine now, Father. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We gave you, what was it, two Sundays ago? Four testimonies, was it? Of people here. We got more to share with you. People... And, and, you know, because people are hearing the truth, it sets them free. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Glory. So all of you that just said, I take mine now, now you take your stand of faith. I got it. The Bible says when you pray, believe, you receive, and you shall have. Praise God. It's just that simple. Some of the greatest healings that I really love the most are just people make their claim of faith. No special gift of healing and manifestation or, or a special anointing or all those things are scriptural. But they just made their claim of faith. Some people get healed by other methods such as laying on a hands or a mass faith or gifts of healing. But if you don't know how, and then they don't have faith on their own, you know. And if you don't know how to, you got it, you don't know how to keep it. The thing about this kind of receiving is you know how you got it, so you know how to keep it. Because the devil will come back. That's right. Yep, yep. Amen. He'll come back. Yep. After, come after he's left, the Bible says he tries to come back. Yep. That's right. But if you know how to, you got it, you know how to keep it. So these are some of the best kinds. That's right. Hallelujah. Because you can not only get it, but you can stay here. Yes. Glory. That's right. Someone said, well, then how would you die? 
Well, come back to some other services and we'll tell you. Because you can die without sickness and disease. Yeah, but I'm ready to go. Okay, get healed and then go. And, and give God some glory. Praise God. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.